0: At radio school, I learned Morse code, and I quickly learned that I loved the radio. I rated the highest in the class. We had to work harder than the men. We had to prove we could do the job. That quote is from Elfie Larkin in 1943. She was a U.S. Coast Guard spar, the women's reserve that stood for a semper paratus, always ready. Today, you and I are going to step back into history and learn about the spars and the impact they had. This is the Women Offshore Podcast. I'm your host, Ali Cedeno, a mariner and founder of Women Offshore. Women Offshore is a 501c3 nonprofit organization supporting a diverse workforce on the water. Before we continue on, I just want to say that we still are running the contest for a t-shirt, a Women Offshore t-shirt. So send an email, hello at womenoffshore.org. Send us an email saying what you think about the show and you could possibly win a t-shirt. And we have a brand new membership portal. You can join Women Offshore Secure your membership at womenoffshore.org. It's a way to be a part of this organization and be a part of the community. So today we're talking about the U.S. Coast Guard and the women's reserve known as SPARS. Back in World War II, they were under the guidance of former Purdue University Dean of Women, Dorothy Stratton. And under her leadership, the spars grew to 12,000 members. Spars were brought into service to use women's civilian experience in traditional women's career fields, such as secretaries and cooks. However, as the war continued, women proved themselves to be capable. Imagine that. And their roles changed. Spars served as radio men, radar men, parachute riggers, cryptologists, control tower operators, motor machinist mates, gunner's mates, coxswains, and bosuns. They even helped to pioneer LORAN, which is short for long-range navigation. As the war went on, Spars proved that women could excel in physical and technical career fields. The U.S. Coast Guard utilized the highest percentage of women of any of the services. I love learning about the spars. I love the stories that are shared online about who these women were. There's so much to devour in these stories, so much to uncover, to learn about the bravery of these women who wanted to serve their country. Elfie Larkin, who I quoted at the beginning of this episode, reflected at the end of the war about her role and quite humbly she said we had a job to do we did it I didn't do anything great I just did my job and it helped with the war efforts I loved it and if I could I would do it again in a heartbeat I was so proud to be in the spars you can read about her story on womenoffshore.org Lieutenant Commander April Killian wrote an article about the spars and all about Elfie's contributions as a spar. Lieutenant Commander Killian is here with us today to share her passion for the history of the U.S. Coast Guard. Lieutenant Commander Killian is a graduate of the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy and holds a Master of Art and Diplomacy from Norwich University. She was previously a Navy Reserve Officer and served in the U.S. Coast Guard as a marine inspector. April is currently a Coast Guard reservist. Some more fun facts about her. She home educates her four children and enjoys researching and sharing the history of women in the Coast Guard, which is why she's here today. I wanted to talk with her and learn more about the spars. So, With all that said, welcome, Lieutenant Commander Killian, to the Women Offshore Podcast. Thank you for having me, Allie. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Yes, me too. So you are so passionate about the history of women in the U.S. Coast Guard. Where does this passion come from? Well, simply put, it's because these women, they deserve to have their stories told. I should say before I, I go further that, I need to make it known that these views are my own and they're not official policy or position of the Coast Guard or the U.S. government. So, yes, these women need to have their stories told. I grew up the daughter of a Marine, and one of the things I learned as a kid of the Marine Corps is that from the moment my dad joined the Marine Corps, he was taught that he came from this long line of men and women whose stories and examples inspired him to lead Marines into combat. And he had an obligation to uphold that lineage. And while the Marine Corps has a different mission set than the Coast Guard, we as a service, we also have an obligation to preserve and honor the stories of the Coast Guardsmen who came before us so that their stories can inspire the current Coast Guardsmen and the future Coast Guardsmen to have that courage and to live up to those values and ideals that heroes like Douglas Monroe and Bernie Weber established before us. However, I always noticed that other than maybe Dorothy Stratton, there was a lack of knowledge about women who served in the Coast Guard. And that kind of upset me. Actually, at first, I have to admit, it made me pretty angry. So I remember telling my husband, like, they aren't doing enough to share and preserve our Coast Guard women's stories. They should be doing more. And it was actually my husband, who's also in the Coast Guard, who provided the wisdom and saying to me, like, April, you are they. You're a commissioned officer in the United States Coast Guard Reserve. And what you should be saying is I am not doing enough and I should be doing more to preserve and share those stories. And It was a gut check, but I realized he was right. I mean, I was already scouring the depths of the internet, hunting antique stores for scrapbooks, uniforms, any items or documents that I could find of their service stories, but I did need to do more. I needed to share those stories. And so actually on that day, I created the SPAR Facebook page, which was Veterans Day 2019. I have to ask, do you have a favorite SPAR? So that's a difficult question to answer. But the first person that does come to my mind is my good friend, Miss Julia Watley. She's such an amazing woman. She served her country as a spar. She became a teacher after the war. And then she continued to serve in her community. Her husband, who was a distinguished World War II veteran himself and her, they established a life together and they taught in, actually, Department of Defense schools overseas after the war, and then they came back to Texas, and they taught locally, and they actually raised cattle. She actually still raises cattle today, which is amazing. I had the honor of interviewing her to record her oral history for the National Archives Veterans History Project in 2019, and we've been friends ever since. She's 96 years young, and we spent hours at her kitchen table just talking about teaching kids and being in the Coast Guard. It's just been an amazing experience. I'll sit and ask her about what life was like in the spar barracks in Washington, D.C., and how she got to meet Dorothy Stratton. And then she likes to ask me, like, what was it like sailing on merchant ships before you joined the Coast Guard? And how did you navigate those challenges of being a woman on board? What's it like as a port state control examiner in the Coast Guard? And, like, when you want walk on the foreign ships, like, what does it mean when you're a woman? Do they listen to you? And so. It's been amazing and it's really empowering because she's my hero and she's so eager to know about like what I'm doing and about the impact that her service had on my opportunities and like how I've been able to follow in her footsteps. And like I spoke of before, it it really, it's made me realize the obligation that I have to carry on her legacy of service. It's really been an honor. And I actually have plans to visit her in a few months and I'm really looking forward to it. But she's just one story. She's my friend, but there are just so many spars who deserve recognition. I think I could literally spend hours with you talking about them, which I suppose is why I created the SPAR Facebook page, because I was so overwhelmed by the number of amazing stories of these women and they just needed to be told. Yeah, I could hear and listen to you talk all day, just hearing the passion and your voice and all the details that you know about these people and and how proud I can tell that you are. And why do you think people need to know about spars and maybe even people outside the Coast Guard? What's so important about knowing about that generation? So I think it's multifaceted. One, like I said before, is because we owe it to them to tell their stories. But also, we need these stories to inspire current and future women of the Coast Guard. Sadly, I wish more of their stories had been recorded. Many of these women are nearing the end of their days. And unfortunately, many of their stories departed with them. I think for many of these women, they left service post-war. And at the time, our society and our culture was such that the women, the spars, They often minimize their own contributions, or they may not have recognized the impact that their contributions had, not only in the war, but the future of women in the Coast Guard. I also think that people need to study the spars because their experiences provide context to the challenges and struggles that women in the Coast Guard today face. We don't just study history for nostalgia's sake. We do it because we want to understand how we got to where we are today, what worked, what didn't work. Why didn't it work? And, like, how do we move forward and make things better? What are the lessons that we learn and we can take from the past? I recently came across a document about the 1990s pertaining to Coast Guard women's policies, which was actually a really neat discovery. It covered topics like childcare, deployability, and maternity leave, and it was really eye-opening to me to realize the strides that have been made as a service, and it actually motivated me to want to piece together that timeline because it demonstrated to me that there's been a positive evolution in our Coast Guard culture towards a more inclusive and diverse workforce, so I think it's important to have this historical analysis because it reaffirms to our society that women have served their nation honorably in defense of our nation since the creation of our nation, and women continue to serve in defense of our nation. Is there anything that's been a surprise in these lessons that you've captured from the spar generation? I don't think necessarily that they're a surprise. If anything, it's been a comfort to see that these women faced challenges and they overcame them. They were doubted for what they were able to accomplish you know, can they do on a quote-unquote man's job? And they proved that they did. And so I don't necessarily think it was surprising more than it was reassuring. So you mentioned earlier that you have a Facebook group. Can you share more about what that is about? And we'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Sure. So I created a public Facebook group to share the stories of women in the Coast Guard. I really struggled to find information about the spars at first, and of course, the Coast Guard Historian's Office has a great site with information about women's service in the Coast Guard. But I wanted to dive deeper. The impact has been amazing. Since 2019, the group has grown to over 600 members. Social media has allowed for people who may have not otherwise crossed paths to come together. Oftentimes, it's the children of Spars sharing photos or mementos of their mother's past and stories which may not have ever come to light. One woman came across a photo of a group of Spars. Interestingly, they were just eating a mess hall, and she posted, oh, my goodness, that's my mother in that photo, which was really cool. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Also, like when spars have birthdays, we'll get requests from family members and friends for us to send them birthday cards, and then they'll share things. It's amazing. It'll choke you up. It's it's so cool to see. We've had people post to the group saying, my neighbor was a spar, and she tells me her stories all the time. And I love those posts because that means hopefully we have a chance to record her oral history. Let's see. This Christmas, we recorded spars sharing memories from their Christmases during the war. I think I get excited when these photos are posted because it just means that their story is continuing. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. And I really love what you're doing. I'm sure listeners are going to want to learn more about some of the women that have been mentioned in this episode and look up other spars and women in the Coast Guard. What resources are out there? I know you pointed out the Coast Guard website, but... What resources are out there? And we can also take what you recommend and put it in the show notes for people to go click on links. Yeah, sure. So well, shameless plug, I really encourage everyone to join the SPAR Facebook group. It's a public group. And if you put in U.S., Coast Guard spars, it should come up. It's a fantastic community, like I mentioned before, and then you have the ability to dive through some of the past posts and photos, and people are always adding more information. But there's also some great resources out there if you're curious about the history of women in the Coast Guard. Like we said, the Historian's Office website's a great place to start, as well as the Foundation for Coast Guard History. The foundation's a nonprofit and they've been created to promote recognition of the Coast Guard and they work to create opportunities to support the Coast Guard Historian's Office and additional research. And they also promote the further or the development of the future National Coast Guard Museum, which is something I'm really excited about as well. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot to dig into and that someone could spend probably the whole day reading about this. <laughs> so. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share with us? Yeah, I think that just that the history of women in the Coast Guard, it didn't end with the spars. It was only the beginning. And there are thousands of stories from women of the Korea, the Vietnam era that need to be heard and they need to be preserved, which leads me to the last thing I wanted to leave with you, which is if you know a veteran who served honorably and wants to tell you their story Listen, it's an honor for them to choose to tell you, save their story, women, men, Coast Guard, any service, any period of time in history. They all deserve to be heard and they served their country with honor. And if you want to make sure that their story is preserved, go to the National Archives Veterans History Project and with their permission, save their stories. And just lastly, like read. There are some amazing books out there about the service of women, not just the Coast Guard, but all the services and the Merchant Marine. And there's just really some amazing stories that deserve to be told. There are. I love that encouragement. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Commander Killian, for coming on the Women Offshore podcast. It's been a pleasure to host you here and to listen to Some great stories. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Allie. It's been an honor to be here, and it continues to be my honor to tell the stories of the men and the women of the United States Coast Guard.
1: Before you go, here are some events on deck from my colleague Savannah at the Oil and Gas Global Network. Hey, everybody. It's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for July 2021. This month, we have five events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events I talk about here. We even include events that occur two months ahead of time, so if you're always interested in staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting our monthly happy hour at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on July 29th. Our June happy hour was a hit, so if you weren't there for the June one, we hope to see you there this month at our July happy hour. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts and network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. Don't forget that it's on July 29th. Other than OGGN's events, we have two in-person and two online events. First up, we have our two in-person events. The first one being the Doug Permian and Eagle Ford Conference at the Fort Worth Convention Center from July 12th to July 14th. And the next in-person event is the SPE International Data Science Convention at the Norris Convention Center in Houston, Texas on July 8th. Next, we have our two online events, the first being a Cognite webinar titled From Buzzwords to Boardrooms, What Energy Leaders Really Think About the Transition Towards True Sustainability. And that's on July 8th from 1130 to 1230. And lastly, we have the U.S. Africa Energy Forum, which is online on July 12th. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for July. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in.